Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, a very special after-school edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association, all podcast about all things woodworking. I'm your special, back-from-the-great-beyond guest host, Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com. It's been on hold for a while because of family things, but hey... We're still woodworking. Yes, we are, Tom, and yes, welcome we back from the beyond. Thank you. It's good to be back from the great beyond. I feel like I've come in from the cold, the spy who did, or the woodworker who came in for the cold. It's funny because I live in Florida. You wouldn't it's, expect to see a uh, lot of cold It's, here. in fact, very hot. It is warm out there, isn't it, today? So, Diami, you've come to visit me in my humble abode, and here we are in Florida, mm. and we are sore, and I think we're still scraped up and still have splinters. I got my splinter out. You know, you did. did. I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. But the idea was that we were able to do something incredible at the woodworking show yesterday. We did. In one we, day. Uh, we, we stopped by the woodworking shows in Tampa yesterday. Yes, and at the Florida State Fairgrounds. On the way there, we swung by Home Depot and bought about how much wood did we buy? It was about $79 worth of wood. Okay. And it was mostly uh, Southern Yellow Pine. Two by twelve, two by ten, two by eight, if I recall. Yes, it was. Um, you know, the beauty about uh, you know what we were doing is uh, you know that you can get a really nice bench out of construction grade lumber. You know, and the and the funny thing is, is you know I've seen other people do it. Um, you know, people like Chris Schwartz, people like um, you, you've got uh, you know, Mike Simpson up mm. in Minnesota. Um, they're they're big proponents. Let of, me ask you a yeah. question about Mike. I know you've seen Mike's benches. I'm assuming that Mike, as is the case with me, can't get Southern Yellow Pine at his local home center. What does Mike use? Does he use- Mike uses standard uh, SPFs, uh, spruce pine fir. Okay. He uses standard SPF. He just picks through the lot and finds the best ones he can. Um, I know it's softer than Southern Yellow mm. Pine. Um, but again, Mike's theory, and just mm. so you know, is uh, that he'd much rather ding up his workbench then ding up the cherry project or the maple project, the oak project or whatever project mm-hmm. he's building. Um, so as far as that's concerned, that's a, that's a pretty interesting, you know, uh, way of looking at things. I know people want to go, they want to build their workbench out of a uh, plantation grown teak or something along those lines. And the reality is, you know, when you start to think about, you know, if you make your bench too hard, you stand the risk of actually, if you're the wood you're working with is softer than the workbench doing damage to the piece. So, you know, I, I'm kind of a big, you know, proponent of that. My, I've, I've become the drinker of the Kool-Aid when uh, it comes to that, when it comes to that process. So, um, it's kind of an interesting uh, concept that Mike has and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm following along now. So what we were able to do was just take, um, the Southern Yellow Pine primarily. We also had some SPF uh, that we used for some bracing and blocking. And then we snuck in the back of the fairgrounds. We, we did, um, the uh, folks, uh, who are at security. Asked you to move the car. Um, asked me to move the car. Oh. They were none, none too pleased that I attempted to get in uh, by ramming the gate. Uh, probably not the best way to go. So, um, so what I did was I snuck around the back, and uh, what we did was we unloaded the lumber, um, and we were able to bring it onto the floor of the uh, of the woodworking show, and there we began the gorilla workbench build. Now, not gorilla like the shop monkey, but gorilla like G U E R R L. However, like it's Che spelled. Guevara. Like Che Guevara. So what the idea being that, you know, we were able to go in and 
we we have all these woodworking shows are great. They are. You've got so many people with so many products and so many you know and so many instructors. And, and we've been in the community long enough that we were lucky enough to know most of them. You know, that we are. Being, you know, I, I, can, can I build on that point? Yeah. We are so fortunate to have met so many incredible people in the woodworking community, uh, vendors. Uh, uh, instructors, uh, uh, luminaries through the years mm-hmm. that, you know, when we go and meet these people and we say that these people are really, really impressive to meet and they're down to earth and they want to instruct, they really mean it. It's absolutely true. And what I, the point I was going to make is that you don't need to have known these people. No. Um, when we were working on the bench, we worked with a lot of people who we had existing relationships with, and we introduced ourselves to a lot of new people who we'd never met before. And everyone was very generous and very willing to help and show us how to use their their tools and let us use their tools. And so, just because you don't know these people, there's no reason not to go and introduce yourself and and learn learn to know them. This is definitely not the place to be a wallflower. Um, you know, if in the woodworking community, if you get an opportunity to go to any event, be it a large summit type event like Woodworking America or Weekend with Wood or the local woodworking show or if a manufacturer comes to town, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to do some demonstrations, that's the time to reach out to them because they are just going to be filled with knowledge and can, we're more than willing to help. They're more than willing to help. Oh, absolutely. And um, so what we did was we went around the floor and basically what we did in the span of a day, actually it was even less than a day. Yeah, we started about 11. About 11. And we were done, we were done by, by four. Five. We were actually done by four. Remember we had the, we had the bench built by yeah. four and we had about an hour to kill. Um, so what we were able to do was build a bench. It was a, a small Nicholson bench. And the purpose of this bench was to do two things. Well, do a couple things. The first part was to show that you really don't need a whole lot of expensive lumber no, to build no, a bench. Don't. You know, people, like I said, you know, they'll, oh, I need to have wood that's harvested from the left bank of the Sen when the sun is setting on the third day of June. It has to be a tree that's 850 years old. No, you don't need that kind of specific. It needs to be wood. It needs to be wood. It needs to be something that can be pounded on. It needs something that can be joined. It could be something that can um, be, be formed, shaped into whatever you need. Um, and it doesn't have to cost a lot. No. So that's one barrier people always throw up. I'd love to get into woodworking, but I don't have the money. Well, that's nonsense. That's caca. We got out of Home Depot with about $79 worth of lumber. Less than $80. Less than $80. And so that included uh, screws. And glue. It did. Screws and glue. Um, so when you think about it, that was cheap. Um, the second thing what we wanted to do is show that it didn't take forever. You don't have to sit there and overthink. You don't have to sit there and say, well, no, you say that, but the bench is not f- finished. Oh no, there, there, there are a few, there are things that do need to be had that do need to happen but with it. I think that's an important distinction because right now the bench is without question usable. Yes. And the things that are left to be done is a little bit of squaring of the top, um, cutting the front face of the top flush with the apron drilling dog holes. Those are all things that can, they're going to add functionality to it. They're going to kind of complete it, but the things that can be done while using the bench. Exactly. A lot of them, such as dog holes and putting the crochet on and other means of work holding are things you can do in process. You're building something and you need another dog hole. You can't figure out how to clamp it. You just add an accessory to the bench. You know, it's, and the, it's an ongoing evolution. And and the bench we have is a Nicholson style bench. And people have always, you know, they they a lot of people said, well, you can't clamp anything to it. Um, both ends are just one board thick. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to take a squeeze clamp, 
You can go out, buy yourself a couple of inexpensive qu- uh, quick clamps, squeeze clamps. You've got yourself work holding immediately without any dog holes. Yeah. Without a single dog hole, you can clamp a board to the end and you have a planing stop. Okay, you've got the ability right now with nothing else done to that bench to get a considerable amount of work done on it. Now, like you said, while you work on it, you need to bore another three-quarter inch hole. You take out your drill. You could take out a spade bit, a Forstner bit, an auger bit, whatever bit you've got. You could put another hole where you need it. And how long does it take to drill a hole? Not very long. Not very long. We're not talking about rocket surgery or brain science here. So again, what you want to do. The second thing what we wanted to do is show people that you don't need the the time, the the incredible amount of time. It's not a a tremendous, you know, years long experience where you have to go to the hills and the Himalayas and sit squat legged at the feet of some Svengali and try to figure out, well, gosh, how do I make this happen? It's a very simple design. And Nicholson bench is a very simple design to build. It can be done in a day. And all the joinery on the bench is basically made with the exception of one notch we had to chop out. All the joinery is really made by laminating multiple boards together to leave a notch. Exactly. And I, and you, and when I, when I spoke to Jim Heavey of Wood Magazine, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's actually a very tried and true method of woodworking. Um, you can actually build, um, uh, uh, more through tenons, uh, by laminating boards together. Yeah. And, uh, so if you wanted to say build something with a through tenon and you needed to be square, what you could do is rip out a middle piece, cut the size of the tenon you need, glue everything back together. Nobody's the wiser. And you've got a perfectly square tenon that's accurately cut in that board. You don't have to sit there and try to figure out what special tool you need. You've got it all there. So, again, that's a tried and true method of putting something together. It really works. So those laminations, some screws and some glue, next thing you know, you've got a heavy, heavy, heavy as you know, and I know today, <laughs> after a couple of, uh, a couple of Advil, um, uh, a very heavy bench. And then finally, we wanted to show that a bench in a small space, and the idea is that space is often a limitation. Mm. A lot of people see uh, people who have uh, you know, online who may have three-car garage shops. Yeah, three-car garage. They may have built their own special building. I know that these dream shops, some of these dream shop magazine mm. editions come out, and somebody's got 1,500 square feet, and it's not enough. If I could only have remembered to put a finishing room in, <laughs> look, some people are going to be doing this out of an apartment. Some people are going Absolutely. to be doing this out of a bedroom in a, in a condominium. Some people are going to be doing this out of, you know, some small space in their home and they're going to need their garage. They're going to need, um, they're going to need that space for what it's intended for. So to be able to go in and say, okay, well, now I can build something that can double as an entry table. I mean, it's not an unattractive bench, um, but then also to, if I need to, I can clear everything off, move it out, work on it. Mm. And I, th- I think some people may not believe you when you talk about using it as an entry table, but earlier in the weekend, I brought up Dave Knopf's from Modern Woodshop, mm-hmm. and I-, I realized I failed to make the point. In one of his early podcasts, he talked about how Pottery Barn was selling what looked to be a Rubeau-style bench as an entry table. And it was not built as a proper bench, but I think that just goes to show that these are not um these are not just utility pieces. No. But they can easily fit into the decor of a small space. Um I was in uh Chicago uh, a couple of years ago, um went into a restaurant. And as I walked into the restaurant, it, what struck me 
as very bizarre was um, kind of in the entryway with the setup for, uh, you know, they have the menus and things along those lines. It was a European style workbench with a shoulder vice. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, wow, you know, this is, this is old. I mean, you could tell this thing had seen some age, um, but it was sturdy. I shook it as any woodworker would. And the thing was still solid. I mean, it was held together with wedges and through tenons. And I thought to myself, this is incredible. But because of the utility. Now you look at people who go out all the time who go to, uh, who go to antique, uh, dealers mm-hmm. and they find something and they convert it and use it for another purpose. Well, why not build yourself a bench that you could use? And you don't have to worry about staining it and finishing it and all that other business. You know, you're going to be working on it, but there's a certain, look to the patina there's yeah. a certain you know there's a certain appeal to it you know you've you may be using it as a piece of furniture but it's it looks pretty darn cool and it's not you know we're not talking dorm for uh, dorm furniture you know cinder, right. cinder blocks and planks we're talking about something that actually not only you can use but also demonstrates your skill mm-hmm. in joinery which is kind of a cool kind of a cool thing when you think about it no it definitely is Definitely is. It's just another piece of furniture that you've made for your own house. It is. Take pride in it. You know, whether it's a dining room table or if it's a, uh, you know, or if it's a, 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 a Morris chair or it's a workbench you can actually use to, heck, throw a, throw some sort of a, a, a table cover over it. You, if you have a party and you've got service area. Mm-hmm. I mean, so these are the kinds of things, you know, we, we're trying to overcome. And this is a big part of Get Woodworking Week as well. And I know that uh, since I've stepped back from my role in the blog, um, some other folks have taken over. Mike Morton has taken over the Get yeah. Woodworking Week. So if, believe me, the timing couldn't be any better for Get Woodworking Week to demonstrate how if you build a bench, it could actually be something that could be, uh, you know, useful. It could be anywhere you want to. And we're trying to excuse proof you from getting into woodworking and now we've talked about how it's easy and we built it on the show floor but let's just take a minute and go through the different tools that we did now we were lucky enough to just borrow them from people on the show floor that was part of the motivation for building it on the show floor but it's really not that big a list and even if you don't own all of them there's ways you could cheat between one or another Mm -hmm. um so i mean let's let's say you had the typical homeowner's collection Mm -hmm. okay you've got a drill yeah. And a circular saw. You are now about 85% to I would think there. so. We used, the, we used the drill to put in a bunch of screws. Mm-hmm. Um, we used a chop saw and a table saw we borrowed from Jim Heavey at Wood and from the guys at Infinity. But there's no reason why you couldn't have used a regular circular saw with a, with a guy. With a straight edge, sure. Yeah, with a straight mean, edge to make all those cuts. And that is probably 80% of the work to build a bench easily, was those cuts. Easily, 80%. Right. And then what you need to do is, as a woodworker, what you want to do is we, we made a notch in the legs. Yeah. And, um, you know, what we did was we wasted the majority of it with a with a drill. Yeah, the guys, what at, we did was, the guys at Drill NATO were nice enough to drill, drill it out NATO. for us. But there's no reason we couldn't have done it all with a chisel. We were just looking to save time. Yeah, we and we did. But again, you know, if you took your drill and you used the bit, you oh could, yeah, you could yeah, you certainly do that. that. And then what we did was we walked over to our friends over at Lee Valley, who had a beautiful set of chisels. Mm. Oh, hold on, nice hold on, I need a minute. <sighs> okay, I need a minute. Okay, um, so the beautiful set of chisels, and all we did was just chisel out the remainder. Yeah, and um, you know, so if you got yourself a set of chisels as a woodworker, even right. the most devout, powerful woodworker is mm. going to get himself or herself a set of chisels. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, to to do that last finishing work. I mean, that's and all I did was a bench chisel. Exactly. And for what we were doing, a simple half inch chisel. What wouldn't have been, as you learned, wouldn't have been ideal for chopping these mortises. However, it did the job, and now you've got a half-inch bench chisel that you can use on everything. You know, yes. What could be more I mean, useful than a half-inch bench you buy, chisel? And if you buy yourself a set, typically you're going to get yourself a three-quarter mm. in there as well. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, you're not talking about anything that goes crazy. We're not talking right. anything exotic like an inch and an eighth chisel mm. or anything like that. And we had the guys over at Craig put some holes in the slabs that form the bench top yes. because we weren't yes. using clamps. Um, and it worked great because we, we ripped a glue line, we glued it together, and then we used the Craig screws instead of clamping the joint. So that's certainly a way you could do it if you have a Craig setup. And if you don't, a couple of clamps, and you easily could have done it without the screws. You know, when you think about it, you know, clamps, oh, there's, there's always a need, you need more clamps. But you know what the funny thing is, is it's the first time I've ever edge glued using Craig. Okay. Jig. And, you know, you can go into your local home improvement center and buy a Craig jig for some of the basic ones for 40 bucks. Yeah. And if you were to do that, you have yourself a pretty decent setup right there. Now you get yourself into that. By the time you figure what you've, what you've laid in for tools, if you want to do even just hobby kind of banging together woodworking where you don't really have a full set of the highest end, highest quality. Oh my goodness. I can't believe this tools. Mm. I mean, you already have yourself a workbench. Yeah. And to, to talk about the Craig for a second too is, I understand there's a mindset where proper furniture is made with no no fasteners and, and all that. And there's a place for that kind of design. But sure I there think is. there's absolutely also a place for fasteners. And if we're talking about working in an apartment like this particular bench is designed to do, I think that the Craig is a great way to go because it's fast and there's lots of times when you don't need to take big assemblies and clamp them up in stages because you're, you're using screws to reinforce the glue rather than exactly. clamps. So if you're working in a very confined space, I think the Craig is very efficient in terms of both time, but also in terms of space because you don't necessarily have to have all these giant clamps sitting around all the time. And let me make another really important point. Woodworking is, is acquired skills. It takes, it takes some time to get really good at how do you cut a dovetail. It does. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes practice. Now, if you're going to tell me that somebody who's getting into the craft is going to spend two years cutting sample dovetails over and over and over again before they can build a project, no. Who's going to stay with that? Who's going to stay with that? When you first, if you're learning, if you're learning how to play an instrument, and all they do is teach you how to play scales for two years, and you want to learn how to play a guitar riff, come on, you'd never you no. put that you, you'd sell that guitar in a minute. When you're first getting into woodworking, you need achievable results. And exactly. You pocket screws build, get, let you achieve an amazing amount of things with a small amount of skill. You want to build that bookshelf that you know you need. Okay, fine. You get out the pocket screw jig. You put it together. Guess what you've got? You've got something you can use. Exactly. Okay, you want to build you know, something. Okay, fine. You can do it that way. And, and on your seventh, on your eighth, on your tenth bookshelf, you make one with sliding dovetails. Exactly. Exactly. As you hone your skills, as you start to understand more about how wood works, you start to understand things, what materials you can use. Once you get to that point, then you say, okay, I want to learn a new skill. But, you know, if, like I said, though, like, just like with a musical instrument, if you have to sit there and play scales for two years before you can try to play a song, 
you will you will give up. Mm. You will give up. You will never want because you know you want to learn to play Stairway to Heaven on the guitar. You're going to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. By golly, now you're going to learn about notes and chords and all that other business. But you want to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. If you're motivated, you'll pick that song up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's the same thing with woodworking. If you want to build that bookshelf, you start off maybe with the pocket screws and you go from there. It's a wonderful foundation. And it is. It's it's foundational. You learn about the craft. You learn about accuracy. You learn about cutting. You learn about all kinds of things. And then from there, you develop your skills. Next thing you know, you're running a podcast. You're on, you're, you're doing, you're, you're on a blog. Next thing you know, you're, you're like a celebrity. You show up at these woodworking shows like, Hey, I'm Joe Blow. Check me out. Hey. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for. That's what we really want is people to get out there. And it's always been my mission on my blog when I ran it was to get people. And I'd love to get back to it. And I hope I will soon, um, to get people out into their shops mm. and just, or maybe in their living rooms. Yeah. And just do. Just do and forget all the people who say, well, you know, can't do it this way unless you do it that way. No, 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 just, no. Just do it. Just do it. It's like Nike. Just do it. Just get out there and build something. And that's really where it all comes down to. All right. Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure to come down and build a gorilla bench with hey, you. Hey, Diami, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I hear it's snowing by you. It's supposed to be. We'll, it's uh, snowing I'll let you know when I get home. Well, okay. Hey, it's going to be sunny and warm by me. So now you understand why I quote unquote retired to Florida <laughs> way early in my career. But it was great having you over. And uh, thanks for the hand with the gorilla oh, no bench. Problem. Okay. No problem. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the interwebs. Sounds like a plan to me.